0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome to Draft Talk 4.0, uh, presented by Acme Packing Company. Get the plug in on the front end. I'm Justin Muscat. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Say what's up people, Tyler?
2: What's up? That's all I got today. I don't. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's been a busy week. <laughs> Look, Cut straight to the chase. I understand. Okay, free agency, Green Bay Packers. The big fish is back, Aaron Rodgers. He's on a contract that amounts to $150 million over three years, but is actually two years, $124 million in new money. Um, that's a lot. It has, like, two weird options at the uh, back end of it that are not really options. It's just kind of, like, filler years. I don't really know how to analyze the Rogers contract yet because I don't know what the heck is happening on those final two years. He, hey
2: man, he wants to let you know that he's not the highest. He doesn't want to be the highest paid quarterback, but there, here we are 62 million a year over two years.
1: That was so weird where he came out and then was like, had McAfee yell at reporters and stuff and was like, it's not 50 million per. And then it ends up being what? 62 million per like, come on, get real like that's that's the whole thing people are arguing with uh the uh DeAndre Hopkins situation with his contract is everyone points to it and says like he got what was it like 27 million or something like that per um because it was it it's just added on at the end of a contract so treating a whole contract versus new money is like definitely agents speak but like the new the new money stuff is like actually what matters because you were already signed up to play yeah on a dollar value ahead of time
2: hey man all that really matters is they got that cap number down by like what 18 million like that's pretty sizable and it
1: honestly helps them make some moves it is kind of funny like the NBA fans there's so many' one the NBA's salary rules in terms of like their actual cap hits right are a lot simpler than the NFL. What gets tricky in the NBA is like all the, like the mid-level exceptions and like stuff like that, that you have to track and figure out like, wait, is this available or not? And like all that stuff. Isn't so- there
2: something called like a bird law, not bird law, bird, bird tax, bird, bird rights. rights. There we go.
1: Bird rights. Yeah. It's what is it? Like Yeah, you get a pay a, a player that you drafted originally more than someone else can offer
2: because there's yes. a,
1: there's a max contract.
2: Um, the reason I know about that, Paul George in Indiana, because I think the rumor was that just the Indianapolis ownership straight up could not afford to pay him a Supermax or whatever. Oh so, my God.
1: and you could trade bird rights. But the, 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 the thing that like NBA fans don't understand about the NFL, and honestly, it's a reasonable thought, is like, how can Aaron Rodgers sign for $62 million <laughs> per year? And you get cap space. That doesn't make sense to them. And I'm like, you know what? It should be simpler. You're yeah, right. It, should like, be. It, it, it is pretty dumb that it works out like this. But it, it's working in favor of our team right now. They're getting new contracts in. Rogers is back. Um, Devontae Adams is tagged. Uh, so he's technically back. It sounds like he's not going to play on that contract. I had talked to people who are familiar with the, with uh, uh, Devontae Adams' camp. I'm being very careful about what I say right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I sincerely don't believe that he will play on the tag. Like, this, this has been an ongoing issue. He is asking for $30 million per year. He talked – or his agent talked to representatives of other teams that said that they would be paying that if – he was willing to hit the open market. Obviously, the Packers held his rights, um, moved hell and high water to do so, to make sure that they could keep him on a on, on the tag number on their uh, salary cap going into the new league year. I think there's a real chance he gets traded to the Raiders. I really do. And yeah. I know it seems far-fetched, and and maybe we'll see how this kind of plays out with Uh, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland and how the dominoes fall with that. Just because I think one of the big pitches with the Raiders is not only would they be willing to pay, right? They're a desperate team in in the AFC West that is quickly seeing like nuclear power, right? Just pop up. It's insane. Not even the the division, but the conference too.
2: It's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Every team has two pass rushers. Every team has an all-star quarterback. Like, you have to do something. I, the, the, the one caveat there is I don't think the Raiders have really committed to being like, we're going to fight this, right? They're still kind of teetering on that, like, are we rebuilding? We, we haven't given Carr a new contract, right? We haven't committed to him, anything like that. So this is my point. If, if the Baker stuff really does go south, right? in Cleveland I I don't think they're going to get Watts right if it goes south in Cleveland and Derek Carr is the guy that comes into Cleveland because they they end up moving away from Baker because it seems like genuinely they they don't like him I I know someone who's going to get a gig with with the Browns pretty soon and he's telling me like the 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 word in Indianapolis uh (laughs) with the coaching staff is like they're they're not huge fans of the guy it was crazy did you see the Mort thing today if, okay yes like, they about want, they want an, adult? an adult an adult at quarterback like good why would
2: man. you leak that if you're gonna try and trade him? that's what i don't understand dude, they, is it just frustration
1: they're just tired of that guy yeah, like that's bad the the one thing that's crazy to me about the baker stuff and obviously players play, playing through pain is like dude i would never do it like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> let's be very clear about that on oh, the front end but it seems like Baker played through injury because he was very worried that Case Keenum could come in and basically replace his production. At, and at if you're worried about price. Case Keenum taking your yes. job, that should be a red flag. But this, it got to the point multiple dads of Cleveland Brown skills <laughs> players were like Baker is clearly hurt and he is hurting the team right now. What the hell is going on? Like, why is he still on the field? And I, I don't think those feelings have gone away. I think, um i think they've lost the locker room on that one so
2: according I, to multiple dads
1: according yeah, to multiple report. dads and there there were there are three people three three browns players who liked uh baker's instagram post yesterday about him you know loving cleveland and uh i don't want to be cryptic but here's two pages of me being cryptic one of them was austin hooper who was just released that's never a good sign when there's only two active players on your roster liking your quarterback's Instagram post about how much he loves the city. Like, I, I, I don't know where that's going to go. But to the Devontae point, if if Card does stay with the Raiders, I do think that there's a real chance that, like, the Raiders have the money, they have the assets to be able to, to, to get him. And then I don't know if Green Bay would be willing to pull the trigger, but – Aaron Rodgers is management now. Right. And it seems like he's not being irrational about this stuff. Like when the Odell Beckham stuff happened, he was like, Oh yeah, we just like, we we couldn't figure out like the money. Like it just didn't make sense. So it's like, he understands where they're at financially in terms of the cap. It's not, it's not the money. It's, it's, it's really the cap mechanic. Right. Um, For some teams it is the money, but for some teams it would be, but, so I wonder if Rogers would see like some sort of like cost benefit analysis and be yeah. like, we can get so many guys for the $21 million that, that Adams is on the cap right now. Plus we get a first round pick I'm on, I'm under contract for the next three years. Should we actually be, be looking at this trade? Obviously it has to go through him it yeah. has to go through the general manager, but but from, from what I've heard from people, like the Goot versus Adams stuff is real, dude. Like they, they are basically don't talk. So, I mean, we've been talking
2: about this for, uh, you know, probably a week now. Um, I've emotionally coped by now that Julio Jones is released. I've they just said, all right, yeah, trade Devontae, sign Julio Jones, draft Traylon Burks with the first that Vegas gives you. Uh, and then just go wild. There you go. Maybe you can sign. You know, you can sign Rasul back. There's there's all kinds of stuff
1: you can do if you can clear yourself of that twenty mil. Six three two twenty. Julio Jones. Julio. Can Julio Jones replace Mark Marquez Valdez Scanling in that role? We'll we'll see. Um, other news. Devondre Campbell signed five years. Tell me ten million per. But didn't Te- actually technically. Sign. Yeah, according to Rob Domofsky, so we're recording this on a Wednesday, the Packers had to get under the salary cap by Wednesday because it is officially the start of the new league year. The, he technically is not signed, and that worries me a little bit because technically he can, he can switch, right? I mean, we already saw this with Randy Gregory. And McKissick. Yeah. And was there another one? Or was it just him and McKissick? Sure, I'm not sure. I, I, know, I know the Cowboys announced Randy Gregory, and then the Broncos' social media feed was like, hey – let's uh let's make fun of you guys for for doing this um so Campbell obviously right first team all pro this past year he got like 50 percent less than uh Olukon, the linebacker who signed with the Jaguars so I'm a little uneasy about him not not officially <laughs> you know signing on the dotted line as of yet um hopefully it goes well I, I don't understand what needs to take more time because a restructure of Randall Cobb should have been enough, right? Yep. Why was that not done? Because that would have been probably number one thing I would have done this entire offseason. Is Randall Cobb actually gonna make like eight billion dollars to come off the bench and not play special teams and yeah, honestly take up a special team spot for, for the team? That would suck. There's there's so
2: many different moves that are going on. So you gotta wonder if maybe moves are happening right now that we're just not hearing about and basically they didn't want to sign Devondre while they just try and situate themselves for maybe a couple hours who knows maybe while we're recording maybe something will come out but maybe they just need a little extra time to take care of some of these things because the restructure with Cobb like you know you just talked about they're probably gonna have to go through Rogers with anything Cobb related that was a big stipulation on him coming back so I don't think he's gonna get cut I feel like there's it's going to be a weird, awkward, unpleasant conversation. And now that Rogers is management, he's, he's got to start having some of these, huh?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about your buddy. How much do you love your friend? Really? How many millions of dollars do you love your friend? Yeah. Uh, Preston Smith signed a four-year extension. It was basically the same contract he signed back in 2019. It's not really as much money as you would think, right? It's still like a three-year deal guaranteed. Um, I think that's perfectly fine for for Preston. I don't think he's going to see the last two years of that deal to to be totally honest,
2: but absolutely relieved. He's locked in, though, because I just think that guy, even if he doesn't, you know, his box score numbers ain't bad. But I think the value that he brings, you know, we talked about edge setting the whole uh, this whole draft preview. So obviously, I'm very relieved that that's not as much of a priority with him back.
1: Yeah, and the Packers were rumored to be active in the outside linebacker market coming into this. There were rumors about them being interested in Von Miller, who uh, just signed a what, what was the contract? Five, five years, six so years. Pressed. Oh, Von Miller, yeah, six, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: six years, one hundred and twenty.
1: Yeah, that's who, oh boy, for a guy of his age, you know, already in his like. I guess, like, borderline mid to mid to uh, early 30s. That's a, that's a lot. And then Uchenna Wusu signed for $10 million a year with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. That was the other guy that, that they were rumored to be with. Um, the Green Bay Packers also released Zedarius Smith. That saved him, like, $16 million. He ended up signing a uh, four-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens today. I don't think that's a surprise. He was posting photos, you know, on Instagram from Baltimore, all that stuff uh, throughout the off season. He scrubbed his whole timeline basically of like anything Packers related. His legacy in green Bay is going to be weird. Um, He had two great years and then it just, the wheels fell off, man. Like something went wrong. Something turned sour and it is what it is. I mean, my, my buddy Nate Tice always talks about how like you kind of have, have to have like, 10% 10% of the locker room just kind of be like knuckleheads to a certain yep. extent just to like keep everyone fresh, basically. And this is just <laughs> kind of what happens with guys who are kind of like hot headed. Some wild card, keep you on your toes. Yeah. But like Zedari, What he took? He took like the, the, wasn't there like a weed? Char- yeah. There was a weed charge that he took the to like for, the young yeah. guys, young guys wouldn't get busted. I mean, he was a great player on the field. They voted him a captain multiple times. It just seemed like things really turned sour this offseason when they converted his salary into a signing bonus and then essentially made 2021 a contract year for him. And he got he had that back injury. And then it was like, well, am I going to have surgery in a contract year? Hell no, I'm going to try to play through it. And then they pulled the plug after one week when he couldn't practice throughout the summer, throughout the week until, you know, leading up to game day didn't look right in that blowout loss against the new orleans saints they pulled the plug he went on injured reserve ended up having back surgery and then was only ready to come back for the playoffs and then you know quickly they are they were out so i understand why there was animosity um toward the packers organization there but it, i don't know still still rooting for the best for the guy like it just oh yeah like, i mean he was a defensive out. he was a defensive player of the
2: year candidate at one point man like uh I'm glad he still got paid, too, because like you said, you know, his future really quickly went up in the air, wasn't sure what's was going to happen to him. So he got a pretty nice deal in Baltimore.
1: That's where he started his career. Mm-hmm. Was he, career? he was yeah, drafted yeah. in the fourth round. Yeah. They actually tried to trade for him at the deadline that last year that he was in Baltimore. So, like, the Packers, for whatever reason, had, you know, circled Zaveria Smith as a guy that they they, like, really liked and thought was kind of underrated, which I thought was surprising because he only had – I think he had eight starts his first three years combined um, with the Ravens. So it's nice to see him go back. I mean, the Ravens do this stuff all the time. I'm I'm really not surprised that they were able to make that move. The one surprising move to me so far, Billy Turner got released. And that was one, Billy and Dean Lowry were like the two where it was like, if push comes to shove, right? Like if push comes to shove, you save money this way, but it's definitely going to hurt. They ended up uh, releasing him based off of a physical. That stuff is tricky, dude, because physicals are a lot more subjective than I think people really realize. Like you can kind of fail or pass any, anyone based off of if you like them or not. So I don't know what that situation is like uh, moving forward. The tackle market hasn't really gone off in free agency yet, so it's nice for Billy at least to be able to be out there before all the money is spent. I guess the big thing with the tackle market right now um, is Teron Armstead is at the top of it, and he's yeah. waiting to see if the New Orleans Saints are able to bring in Deshaun Watson. So, if, if I guess once Teron Armstead signs somewhere, I would expect there to be you know a domino effect. With the rest of the tackle market, oh yeah, we'll see Billy somewhere. I honestly, Denver needs a right tackle. Like he would be a great fit to to go with Hackett. I was hoping for Cincy, although they signed a guard, correct, or have they signed a right tackle yet? Um, I can't remember if they signed a tackle. I think they signed. Did they sign Kappa? They signed Is Kappa it, and Karras. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They signed okay. Kappa and Karras. Yeah, man. Shoot,
2: get Billy Turner on that offensive line. I'd root for him. Yeah, it's kind of hard not
1: to root for Cincy. Yeah, because they still they still need a right tackle. Because oh yeah, <sighs> that's tough. Yeah, they they got to do it. I mean, the, their right guard situation, the right tackle situation is bad. Oh my god, I, I'm happy though that they're like Jackson Carmen. We don't have to do three more years of this. Like this this might have been <laughs> a bad pick. Like let's just move on immediately. Like well, I will say this for the Packers losing
2: Turner. I wonder if the if they think that Elton's progressing well uh, and rehab and they want to put him at right tackle, uh, I will say this. I think it's definitely going to make offensive line, whether that's interior or tackle uh, a pretty high
1: priority on the list for the draft. Yeah. It definitely a lot higher than what I, what we thought coming in. Right. Um, Hey, that's good though. It's a pretty solid class of offensive linemen. So the other guys, so the, the other news, right. Green Bay has made, uh, they've tagged a couple players. Dominique yep. Daphne, Jake Hansen, Randy Ramsey, Malik Taylor all, all got tagged as exclusive rights free agents and then uh, also Alan Lazard who was given a second round tender. So he's going to get a decent amount of money which I don't think is a surprise. He's a number two wide receiver in the NFL right now. So nothing really surprising other than the fact that like Henry Black wasn't, wasn't picked up. Like Henry Black was a guy that they played a ton in, in, in those dime sets, right? We talked about the yeah. three safety dime all throughout the year. So he got picked apart, though, man. Every time he was on the field, it was I tough. understand it, but he was out there. <laughs> yeah, I understand it, but he was out there and he played a ton of special teams, too. So, yeah, maybe Does that mean it's Vernon sc- Scott's season. Ennis Gaines is still my oh, baby because I haven't really seen Scott play because yeah. Scott was hurt through the preseasons, but I got to see Ennis Gaines, and Ennis Gaines is a real. I really believe in that guy. Like he's a solid player. I think he should have been activated. They also had, um, what was that safety from Georgia that they that they, they had for a couple games? Space and on I don't know His name was it a guy Georgia or Florida? Sean Sean Davis. Florida. Sean Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never I never saw that much of Sean Davis. No, but he was activated in week fourteen. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's where that's where the Packers stand as of right now. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, they do have some depth on the offensive line, like we said. Nyman and Hansen are probably coming off of the bench as it stands right now. Um, they obviously have guys like Van Lennon and stuff. There are some free agents. So as of as of now, Henry Black, I, I wouldn't if, if they didn't tender him, I don't think he's coming back. Right. Nope. Corey Bajorquez, there's been uh, reports that the team just isn't gonna be able to afford him. So they're going to be in the market for a, a new punter. I don't think they have a punter on the roster. I think they have three kickers and, and no punters as it stands right now. Not 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 the uh, best Oof. way way to uh, go about it. But I mean that San Diego State punter, right, Matt Ariza, Like start start thinking about him maybe as like if if you need an impact player as like a fifth round pick or something. I mean it's going to be tougher to find one than like day one starting punter. Yes. Um, Oren Burke signed with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Russell Douglas, there is reporting that, like, they are, like, every day it's, like, the, the Packers and Douglas are working on a contract. And they're going to have to figure out cap space. I mean, they, they can't even sign Campbell yet. So, like, yeah. you're going to have to get this Jair contract done because there's really not that much left to do. Like, you can yeah. mess with Jair's contract or his cap hit, rather, you can uh, adjust Cobb's contract, but like they haven't shown the willingness to do that yet. So like, I'm not going to assume that's going to happen. There's only a few things that they could do. Um, I
2: I will say this. If you can keep both Devondra Campbell and Rasul Douglas, like that is a massive win for this off season. Cause those were a couple of guys where you just like with the cap constraints had to kind of assume that they were gone. So keeping two guys that were, you know, vital to the success of the defense last year i mean that's pretty awesome i think you said it in the slack it's like three corners under contract and a linebacker like we we deserve this after the last decade
1: yeah i'm not used to this at all like jair (laughs) is gonna be a full-time slot in nickel looks like that's gonna be so cool that's where he's
2: always meant to be gonna be glorious yeah
1: um Lucas Patrick signed with the Chicago Bears. I don't think that's surprising. Luke Getzi is their offensive coordinator now. He was the quarterback's coach for the Green Bay Packers. He was going to be, he's going to be calling plays for the Bears offensively. All my Bears
2: friends, he's going to be an all pro now. They're like, are oh, you so undervalued and all, all stuff. the
1: stuff. All the tweets were like the most underrated offensive line in the history of earth. And I'm like, he is okay. And he got back up. He got like he got swing, you know, center guard money, and that's that's what he is. Like yes. he's he, he can start three positions. You. Yeah. That's that and he'll be fine. The other guys that are free agents as of right now, uh Dennis Kelly, Kevin King, Tyler Lancaster, Whitney Merciless, uh, I guess Chauncey Rivers now because they didn't they didn't pick up his tender, Equanamia St. Brown, Shannon Sullivan, Robert Tunyon, and Marcus Valdez Scanling. I'm actually kind of surprised how quiet. The market for Marquez Valdez Scantling seems to be, after guys like uh, who who was it for the the card the Cardinals guy who got Kirk? signed Christian Kirk yeah Christian Kirk got like seven billion dollars seventeen mil that can go to twenty one mil like that that's that's nuts. I think the thing that hurt Marquez Valdez Scantling the most though was when DJ Chark signed a one year contract with the Lions. That's when it was like oh. Maybe maybe not so much money for you out there, but I also don't anticipate Marcus WaldeScantling coming back in any sort of way just because if they are in the market for Douglas, there's no way that they can bring in Douglas and MVS. Correct. There's no yeah, Yeah, I agree. Uh I do hope MVS goes somewhere with a quarterback
2: with an arm just because you know he's a pretty good deep threat. Uh, I'll root for him wherever he goes, just because uh, he also got you know. There he had some flashes here, but there were some times he just got really, really hammered by the fans, kind of undeservedly. And you know,
1: he was always he was always good at what he did. Yeah, like he is exactly who you he he's a exactly large. He is a he's he a big guy who can fly and can block. He can't run that many routes, but that's kind of expected, right? If yep. you're drafting, a, he was like a fifth round pick. Like, yep. he was a great fifth-round pick for them. Like, nah, the the MVS hate got to be a little bit too much for me. The big thing for me now moving forward, like, you look at the Packers roster. Obviously, offensive line depth has changed now that the Billy Turner move has happened. I still think, like, tight end is probably, like, one of their biggest needs. But yep. it's a bummer that there isn't really – there isn't really like a high-level tight end in this class, in my opinion. We already talked about them in the pass catchers class, um, or in the pass catchers uh, podcast. But Trey McBride is kind of like the consensus number one right now, and I'm I'm still not like like that dude's no. like a third rounder. So give me
2: Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Get get gonna, gym, angry be moose. The, uh,
1: he's gonna be that, moose. he's gonna be the Mercedes Lewis uh replacement which would be honestly pretty cool like i could i could live with that the big thing to me is i think they just need like a they need a better guy for third downs dude yep because i i don't think the is gonna really cut it when when push comes to shove the other thing too daphne if you watch that niners game he, he got worked
2: he really yeah. did like, i was surprised I, i'm surprised he's
1: got tenor. It's likely coming back yeah yeah now that, that one was a little bit odd um All right, let's take it to break, and then we'll talk a little bit, actually, about the draft, like we promised that we were going to (laughs) do. We'll talk about uh, some off-ball linebackers, who may not be relevant now because Devondra Campbell just resigned, and then uh, offensive linemen.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: And we're back. All right. So we originally planned to talk about off-ball linebackers primarily on this podcast. We assumed that Devondre Campbell was gone, right? Yeah,
2: we did all this work.
1: He's back, but he's technically not under contract. So I feel like off-ball linebackers is still technically relevant as of now. Um, I've only watched a couple of guys in this draft class. You've seen more than me. I just want to touch on the five that I've seen. We'll go off of that first, and then we'll talk about the, the other guys you like. I watched Devin Lloyd from Utah. I get it of him being like linebacker one in this class. I think he probably plays better than his numbers on the field, right? Like he he ran a pretty pedestrian 40 time relative to the rest of the linebackers in the class. It's still fast overall, but all the linebackers ran fast now because yeah. they're all getting crazy training. Um, I, I think because of like his level of violence and his speed and just how he anticipates stuff. He's still, he's still the top linebacker in this draft. The, the big thing I worry about Lloyd and one reason why I would hesitate to spend a first round pick on him is linebackers get banged up all the time. Right? Like they they're basically the defensive equivalent of running backs. If he loses a step, I really don't know if he's a starter in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's, that is basically the argument for yeah. not drafting William the first.
2: Yeah. He's not one of those guys that can be a, every, every down, like get dirty in, uh, in the trenches, especially when guys are like running power runs and you're getting second level blocks at him. So uh, yeah, he wins with speed and you can get around those blockers, especially on the, you know, those outside plays. So yeah, you're right. If he loses a step on that, like that kind of becomes a liability. And then he becomes, maybe he's not a liability, but he becomes just
1: a guy. Right. And he's from Utah. He he did great, converted safety, all that stuff. Um, I watched the three Georgia linebackers. Mind you, Georgia played in a 3-4 defense, so they had to rotate in the two spots. And there was actually another one who's, like, even a younger guy who's getting playing time too, which is why I think it's funny, like, people bring up the Jordan Davis stuff. Like, everyone at Georgia in their front rotates, dude. Like, there's snaps where N'Kobe Dean, first-team All-American inside linebacker, is just off the field. Like, it just happens there. Um, I think the traditional rankings of the three Georgia guys are N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, and Channing Tyndall. I I like Quay Walker. Yeah, more. you do.
2: It's funny because I, really I think we're higher on two different linebackers because I really like Tindall, uh, but for just completely different reasons. And, like, when you brought up Quay and I went and watched him again, I was like, I, I see where you like him, man, especially because – you know, how many times are we going to talk about engaging with blockers? That's probably one of my favorite things about him. Yeah. Like, he, he gets dirty on those blocks, he stacks them, and then he extends so quickly, so he keeps his chest clean. So if he needs to break away and get a tackle, which he does a lot, like, he does a really damn good job of that. My problem with him, and I don't know if you noticed this, it feels like every single tackle, he's, like, tackling their helmet. Like, I don't think he ever tackles low.
1: <laughs> That's fair. The the thing with Quay, like, he's just so built out and he's so physically awesome yeah um i had a mock draft that i posted on acme packing company i had quay i think drafted in like the second or or third i can't i can't remember uh i I used one of like the uh mock draft generators to to basically fill out the mock so that then like the packers are on the clock who do you want to pick and it just goes from there so i don't have to think about like is this player going to be there you know in round whatever i could just say hey don't hold me accountable like yell at uh, draft network or, or yes. something like that i i had Quay walker there and I, I had the measurables of comparing him to devondre campbell and it's like to a t like he he is that type of an athlete interesting he's a, he's a violent guy man like if if devondre doesn't sign that contract for whatever reason i could be talked into taking quay at like 28 like i, I really oh wow can't. okay i want a damn linebacker. Like, I don't want to live a life without a linebacker anymore. Especially I've, now that I've we saw what happens. Yeah, now I've that I've we have seen see the light. It. I can't go back, dude. I can't go back. Like, I, I need it. I need How it. How awesome. What was his missed tackle
2: percentage? Like, three? Like, he did not miss tackles. It was yeah. absolutely beautiful to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, the other Georgia linebacker that people like a lot more, and I understand why he has more accolades and stuff like that, is N'Kobe Dean. My big worry with Nakobe. He is so light. Like he, he yeah. was listed at like 220 um, at the combine. He might've played even lighter than that. Like everything is just built off of speed and that's not to take away like anything he did on the field at the college level, but the NFL game is different. Right. And we've seen so many of these guys who are like safety, like they used to call them, what were they? Money backers. Right. Right. And we've seen guys like Dion Buchanan have, like, one good year and then just fall off the face of the earth, like, because they kind of get figured out and they're like, hey, just run directly at that guy, right? I, I kind of worry that N'Kobe Dean is going to be that type of dude. Like, I, I wouldn't take him in the first. I couldn't be convinced into taking him 28th overall. But I understand why people like him. I'm just like, his style of play is so, like, anti-NFL that it, I, 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 I wouldn't be paying market price for him
2: is he dealing with an injury? Cause I know he didn't work out at the combine or pro day. So I'm wondering if something like that, you know, if you want to look that up, I will say, I, I love him just cause I think he's an absolute psychopath. when He's on the field. I mean, he runs with his, uh, he had surgery to, to uh, his right shoulder to repair a mm-hmm. labrum. Okay. Gotcha. Well, maybe, maybe that's why the weight's down is he's not trying to bulk up. I'm not sure. Um, he plays, you know, I think all of these Georgia defenders period play violent, there was something in the water there, man. They just like that entire mentality of all eleven players Dude, just taking nuts their heads off. They
1: don't, they do not care about their bodies at all. Like let I me tell know. you,
2: seeing it in person was a, I was like my jaw dropped, like from the first play. It's just how they engage at the snap. Like these guys are just like ruthless and fearless. The guy in the like linebacker is oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on a football field in person, and I will be able to stay until the day I died. I saw that Georgia defense live,
1: and it was freaking sweet. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people in the college football realm have kind of talked about it, but like in the same way we talk about that, like Joe Burrow LSU team as like the best offense people have ever seen at the college level, like that Georgia defense. Yeah, yes, like that that the equivalent of that defensively is this Georgia defense, and the third linebacker is Channing Tindall. um, He came off the bench for Georgia for the most part, but like was. In a healthy rotation at linebacker. Yeah. It's not like he was just, like, not seen until fourth quarters or anything like that. He, he's the little hunchback runner. Like, he definitely runs, like, hunchback. It's kind of odd. He, again, is another violent guy. He's not as big as Quay. Um, I don't think he's as violent as Dean. But, like, he plays special teams very well, even to the point, like, that was something that, like, stood out, like, in the actual, like, senior bowl game. He was just lighting people up on special teams. I think that's kind of where he's going to get his looks early on. And that's nothing wrong. Like I I think he's probably like a third, fourth round pick to me in terms of value that is probably going to be on special teams, be a high level special teams player early on. And then uh, basically work into a rotation. I, yeah. I just worry about he's kind of stiff and I, Oh, that, he is. Yeah. That's not, that's not really something you ever want your linebacker to be. Yeah. He's
2: a, he's a straight line guy that just kind of like shoots through gaps. And I mean, I was just about it just cause it was fun to watch. Right. Like he, he was an exciting player cause the explosiveness and play speed were absolutely there. Uh, he was probably smart not to do agility scores at the combine probably saved him yeah. a little money. Um, so I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, let's say they do get like a true, you know, a Devondre that stays and you have a guy like that. Like I don't mind a guy on like the weak side coming, you know, speeding through gaps across the formation trying to you know get the ball carrier in the backfield so that was kind of the role i envisioned for him and then like you said special teams you know when you're on punt team you know you don't need the most wiggle if you're just trying to fly down the field and either force a fair catch or you know hit the guy at the catch point
1: right and then brandon smith from penn state was the guy i like this one you really like yeah i watched him i was a decent I, i had like a like a third round grade on him yeah, Did you, were you higher on him?
2: Didn't oh no, I mean, we're going on. I have him at fifty-eight. So I mean, I have him just like uh, a day two grade. But I mean, actually, no, hold on, fifty-six. I have a top fifty grade on him actually, but it's the very tail end of it. Um, just the athleticism. I just see him as like a ball of clay that you can mold and just turn into something special. Because um, I'm impressed with you know the competitive toughness. I like how he tackles. Like when he tackles, he's pissed. The problem is. whiffs all the damn time so i think the technique is a real issue as far as the tackling um but you can see like there's awareness there uh and size i mean what is he he's six six, three and a half and 250 he's a big boy and and there's
1: not very many big guys in this class at the position
2: yeah i mean he's in the 95th 97th percentile. i mean his ras right now is 9.99 that's pending bench and agility scores but like just freakish athlete and you know, I just get excited about the, the the true athletes that have size like that at linebacker. Because, you know, with the right coaching, I, I think a guy like that has some upside. But because of the whiff tackles and, you know, some stuff like that, didn't love. Uh, that's why I'm a little lower on it. Or I guess I'm higher on them. Than you. But, like, I'm not putting that guy in the first round just because you can see the uh, things that are not, you know, effective or things he struggles with. But the athleticism and size was pretty evident on tape.
1: I think the top... Off-ball linebackers, I didn't end up watching just because time constraint, free agency, all that stuff. Uh, been, been a hectic week, right? A little bit. We're uh, Christian Harris from Alabama and Chad Muma from Wyoming, who I know have – both of them have a lot a, a lot of fans. I know Muma is, is a guy who is very athletic. Um, are there any other guys that, like, you really liked in this class that we – you know, outside of the five that we talked about?
2: Uh Muma is a fun one. Um, he, he reads his keys really well. Like he really trusts his eyes and then he he gets after it. The one I, I'm gonna I might go on a little rant, but Troy Anderson is one I want to know more about because I think it's fascinating. You got this great athlete that played quarterback and running back at Montana State, and then just like, oh, I'm gonna play a year at linebacker and be freaking awesome at it. But where I get pissed is all these guys that are like claiming to have grades on him. Yeah, I, I couldn't find anything to watch on the guy. He played at Montana state. Who are these people on Twitter that have grades on this guy? Did you watch the one and a half minute YouTube video? Like that doesn't tell you anything. I, I couldn't find anything to watch on this
1: guy. Blue line. I, I can get you. I can get you Montana state film. Uh, do I want to watch Montana? Yeah, I do. I do. Just for the sake of this, I'm I watched very North interested Dakota state film for uh, Christian Watson. Cause I was like, let me, let me see what you're actually about. And then. His highlight tape, Christian Watson is the guy where it's like the highlight tape is amazing, and then you watch the actual film and you're like, ah, not really creating separation, are you?
2: (laughs) And you're not on the field
1: for everything, are you? I see why your second clip on your highlight was that end around, like stuff like that. Um, Offensive line-wise, the Green Bay Packers obviously value offensive linemen in a very specific way. The way that they've done it for – since ted thompson has been here right an above average shuttle an above average three cone right some sort of tackle background or center like they're they're not drafting guards. they're just simply not going to do it um the guys in this draft class who tested with the shuttle in the three cone early on in the draft trevor penning from northern iowa he's the giant guy who's a bully who like tried to start fights at the at the uh, senior bowl basically almost ended desmond ritter's career by throwing a guy into his legs right uh zion johnson from boston college who is probably going to be a first round guard at this I point love zion johnson yeah yes. he, he has some experience bouncing around outside of guard but he's probably going to end up sticking at guard at the nfl level think of like his background kind of as like elton jenkins i guess like elton jenkins was a guy who was probably always going to be a guard prospect and i guess maybe now he's going to kick out to tackle but he had experience at tackle for for a while at mississippi state um burn from central michigan i know people have compared to like eric fisher but like i don't know how much i haven't seen him personally so i, I don't know how much of that is just like hey central michigan tackle former tight end like yeah we just doing that
2: um Zion Johnson's the one that's interesting to me. I think he goes to like Dallas or someone early. I don't know if he's going to make it to Green Bay, but if he was on the board and Green Bay took him, I would be absolutely thrilled. Uh, I think he's probably arguably one of the best run blockers in this draft class. Uh, You know, one of the things I really liked at the senior bowl is he didn't have a lot of experience at center, but they asked him if he could play some center and I'm pretty sure he played it, you know, the whole week and he actually did pretty damn well. Um, Ryman. I really like just because, for a guy that had spent barely any time playing tackle, his pass sets were clean. Like his footwork was impressive. I asked him about that at the combine and he was talking about how much he worked on it and how awkward it was at first to be like, you know, your initial reaction off the snaps is to go forward and attack and cut on routes to be like, now I have to go backwards on these pass plays. Um, he seems like a good kid, but I mean, like the tape is, I liked him more than betting. Honestly, everyone likes spending because of the highlight tapes, but, like, Ryman is just so damn reliable on those pass, bro, and I think he can
1: be a pretty stud left tackle. One guy who's probably, like, a late day two pick um, that I saw was Abraham Lucas at Washington State. Mm-hmm. They played in a really interesting offense. So they played in, like, a old-school, like, run-and-shoot that got, like, moved to the pistol, basically. So a lot of half rolls, a lot of, like, interesting um, – Pass protection concepts, for the most part, that's what they're doing, right? Like they're just throwing the hell out of the ball, but it's not like air raid stuff. He is incredibly smart. Like when we talked about, oh yeah, you know, throughout throughout the year, Boyce Newman, right? Like having issues on stunts and stuff like that. That is like not who Abraham Lucas is. Like Abraham Lucas is. I like have a, that written down as well. Yeah, dude, he is amazing. At, like to the point that there's literal clips of Washington State, like so he's their right tackle, right? The, the right side of Washington state's offensive line handling a stunt. And then after they like dirt, the guys on a stunt, they like high five each other and like run downfield to like get back to the ball. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like <laughs> this guy is just very comfortable in pass protection. I think he's a guy who if available in like the third or something, like that could be who the Packers kind of take because yeah. all the other guys penning Johnson Ryman, like those guys are guys that we expect to go in the top. 40 I yeah. would say if not the first if, if not the first round the top 40
2: yeah I um Lucas I like a lot um even when he like his first move is inside off the snap on a pass for like I think he does a nice job getting out I think against like some of the more athletic speed rushers he can struggle like around the edge the thing I had on him that concerned me the most was his anchor like I don't think his anchor yeah. is particularly good in that, that kind well, of he's not anything.
1: a very big guy but yeah. like that that's one thing the Packers have kind of cornered that market for a while where there, you know, guys like Bakhtiari. I mean, that was the, that was the rap on Bakhtiari coming out. Right. Where people yeah. said like, he's going to have to play center because his anchor isn't good enough and he's too small. And then he <laughs> ends up playing left tackle at a out okay. level.
2: Yeah. It turned yeah. out. Okay. Um, I think other than those guys, the only other one I watched just because we were talking about guys that met like Packers thresholds, it was Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin, mostly because Tex and I had talked a lot about him at the combine. And uh, I, I, I didn't Ar- like Archon watching.
1: is a big fan about him too. He, he's already said Bruss is starting for the Packers week one. So I didn't,
2: I didn't like him, man. I, um, I think, I think it's cause I was watching him at right tackle and like the things he did well made sense for a guard, like as a puller in space and at the second level, like he can get there quick, uh, the problem he doesn't lower his pads on some of these blocks at all. He doesn't launch himself into blocks. I literally watched, I think two or three plays where he's pulling, he gets to a linebacker and then he just kind of like lets the guy hit him when he's standing straight up. Like his idea is like, I'm just going to run at this person and then the job is done. Like you don't see him lowering into it and blocking. So I had a real issue with that. I think he watches the ball and kind of like reacts to that off the snap, which I don't like seeing because, you know, you want a guy that can get off a little quicker. Um, yeah, the leverage battle thing is just the biggest issue for me i thought the paddle like he's really got to clean that up especially when you're polling, man like we really need you to you know open some space and i didn't see it
1: the one guy everyone says is like the most packers pick of all time if that happens is zach tom the guy out of wake forest yeah, i've and been I hearing haven't, about this i, I haven't watched seen him, him i'm gonna i'm gonna end up watching because i think we're probably done with looking at the draft and having the draft talk pods about specific position groups. Cause yeah. now we've mm-hmm. hit all the major ones that the Packers should be looking at depending on if Rasul does end up resigning with the Packers, right? You don't, you don't want to do a punter pod. It's just draft a Riza. let will talk that. an hour about a Riza. It's just draft a Riza. The, the guy has yard punts consistently do it. Yeah. Um. So I'll probably watch Zach Tom in the coming weeks i like that wake forest offense anyway they do like like rpos that are like slow is the best way to like explain
2: oh yeah like the extended mesh point stuff it's It's super weird weird. dude it's it's
1: it's very weird um yeah it's certainly a watch offensively so i can't i can't wait to break down their film the other guys that qualify as of now again These are only guys who ran both the shuttle and the cone at the combine. And there were actually a good amount of offensive linemen who did it. But, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be more with with pro days and stuff. Alex Lindstrom from Boston College. Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga. Cade Mays from Tennessee. I have no idea how to say this name. Nick Z-A-K-E-L-J from Fordham. Luke Wattenberg from Washington. Uh, Dawson Deaton from Texas tech and Zach Thomas from San Diego state. So we got a Zach, Tom and a Zach Tom, or yeah, we got a Zach, Tom and a Zach Thomas. That's, that's not confusing. No, not at all. I'm I'm sure I won't mess that up. There's also a cam Thomas. Oh no. Too,
2: too many. And I think Zach and cam played at the same school. Are they both San Diego state guys?
1: Oh, I, I Zach is <laughs> apparently. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. About that. Um, I'm probably going to watch film on these guys and give a recap uh, for the next uh, draft talk. We should do like a, we should just do an hour guys pod, Like guys we like. Okay. Yeah. That's cool with me. That works for me. Uh, No more Quay Walker talk. I've already already talked about him on, on multiple podcasts. Man, if you want to talk more Quay Walker, you can. I'm not mad about it. Look, all I'm saying, if things turn south with the Devondre Campbell deal, it's time. It's time to bring Quay home. Don't let him take that G off his helmet just recolor
2: how how fast do you run to the podium if jordan davis is there at 28
1: so jordan i don't i don't like the fit with him and kenny honestly i, I don't even care <laughs> i just want to see him in a backer i get it yeah, yeah i get it i do think it's kind of interesting though that like the nose tackle market was very active in this draft or yeah in, in this mm-hmm. class so like i don't know if he's going to go as high because like a lot of teams like, like the chargers, right. The chargers already signed two two defensive tackles yep. in, in this free agency class. So like a lot of the teams that like had the need to draft a guy like Jordan Davis, you know, in the mid first round or whatever are no longer having that massive need. So where does it go from here? It's kind of an interesting one. Just kick Kenny out, man.
2: He can play three. Yeah. He can play he three.
1: Can, he can do it. We asked for it. Right. Uh, Didn't we it? see him play some five or some four-eye on third downs, too? Yeah. No, we, we asked for it on, uh, what was it, the first, like, two games of the season he was playing, like, nose exclusively. And we were like, please, kick him out to three technique. Get him one-on-one one with the guard. He and can he play can, three. Have him pin his ears back, and he, he was able to do it. So, I get it. The we'll, we'll see what this ends up looking like, I guess, on draft day. But we'll have an our guys pod. Uh, next time anything else you want to add no um i'm ready for dinner man let's go <laughs>
2: Eat it up. What, what are we eating tonight uh, well you know i obviously work at a food food delivery company by day um in account management and that specific delivery company uh screwed me over before the pod so uh i'm not gonna say the name of it people that know me well enough can connect the dots but uh it was not a great way to start right before podcasting
1: starting hangry so it's better than i mean right now because buddy the past couple of days have been uh t- tough on your boy i i uh i bought like the uh you know like the tyson chicken patties yep so i got like a bag of those and then like an eight pack of like buns <laughs> and i've just been like throwing shit in the air fryer like just like all right, this is what I'm doing. If I'm hungry, I do this. Then I write and just refresh my Twitter feed. Body is a temple. Yeah, I'll try to figure that out. Panchakarma just... coming up. Let's go. Off-season doesn't start for us until uh, – the off-season detox doesn't start for us. Until okay, I, I
2: do have one more thing to bring up. Did we get a break at all from football since the Super Bowl ended? No. No, is it not even a little bit. Roger's
1: watch. Roger's watch literally just ended, like just physically ended. And it was like Combine
2: and like, and I was like, the week in between Combine and free agency, we're going to get a break. Nope. It was Russ trade. Was Wentz trade? No, why not Wentz trade? There was a couple other things Rogers news, Brady? I don't know. Yeah. Lot, Honestly, it's all things. a blur.
1: A lot of things. Um, as soon as the draft's over, take a, take a deep breath and cry. Absolutely. Gonna take a, uh, gonna hang out on a uh, pond or a lake by a mountain for like a week is definitely my plan. All right, guys, uh, keep keep it locked into the feed. Um, we'll have more stuff throughout the week. Uh, keep an eye out on free agency. Hopefully, Devondre Campbell signs this contract at some point and uh, Russell Douglas comes back. Fingers crossed.